Okay, Wood, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Like I said, this is, we're going to be celebrating because Rosh Kadesh is the head of the month on the Hebrew calendar is today. And we've learned here, for those that are visiting, if you want to ask questions, you can uh, later. And maybe whoever's here, understand that, you know, I know we have a Gregorian calendar. And I know what the day is most of the time. And, uh, or the date. But especially on, on the Hebrew calendar, uh, as we know it, there's dates and there's times that has happened in, in history, and it's just not a coincidence that all of these things has happened on the not only the same month, but a lot of times on the very same day, uh, years apart. And I think that in what I've learned in my experience of being here, going through Torah cycle after Torah cycle and year after year, and not only see what has happened in the past, but really what have what we've seen, uh, whether it's COVID or whether it's anything that any kind of calamity, whether uh, things has happened to Israel over there with bombings and this, that, and the other. And um, so I just wanted really to talk about, you know, some times and seasons. But the very first thing I want to do is, is I want to go to Acts because this is what I'm not talking about. And I want to clarify this at the very beginning. But now we are to know, I just want to let you know, we are to know the day and the hour that we're living in. We are to know that. But this is something I just want to clarify to make sure everybody knows uh, because you're going to go back to this later. So in, in Acts 1, this is Yeshua talking to his disciples and they asked him a question in verse 6. In verse 6 he says, So when they had come together... So they had all the disciples here. They're, they're with Yeshua. This is after the resurrection. And they asked him, Master, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So this is a specific question that was asked to Yeshua about this time, at this very moment, this hour that we're living in. They're asking this. It says, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So this is what Yeshua said to him, or said to them, it said, and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So he's telling them about these times and seasons has to do with this particular question about when the kingdom and the restoration of Israel is going to be set up at that moment. Okay, that's the question. We are to know times and seasons, and we are to know where we're living at, and what's happening. But this is not the question that they asked him. They're asking. It would be like you, you turn around and saying. Okay Mark. Is Yeshua coming back tomorrow? This is the, how specific this question is. And I would say. I, don't, I can't tell you. That's in the father's hand. If he's coming back tomorrow. Is he coming back this Sukkot? That's in the father's hand. I can't tell you that. This is what is going on. But. We are to know what was going on in that day and hour. And whenever the Holy Spirit fell on them, they really understood that more and more. Okay? So I just wanted to clear this up and let everybody know. But he did say, but for you, this is what you're to do. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, when the Ruach, Ruach has come upon you, and you will be my what? Witnesses in Jerusalem, really everywhere. So he's telling them with this question, I'm not telling you that the restoration of Israel is going to be restored in this day. But I am telling you this, that you're going to be witnesses. So he gave them something that they are to do, not only to be witnesses of Yeshua in that day in Jerusalem, but in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. So guess what? This is still what we are to do is to be his witnesses of bringing the Torah and the Holy Spirit to the nations. And that's what our job is, and we're still to be these witnesses. That's never changed, okay? So with that said, let's go to 1 Chronicles 12.32. Most of the people know this scripture here. It's just one little scripture. It talks about Issachar. It says, of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times. 
to know what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs and all of their kinsmen under their command. So I wanted to bring this out that there was a tribe among the 12 tribes of Israel that had a, who had men of understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That mandate goes for us today. We need to be men and women of understanding in this season that we're in. So what? That when things happen, what are we ought, what do we need to be doing? What is Israel supposed to be doing? Now, who is Israel? Everyone who has the blood of Yeshua in their life. Because that's what Paul said in Romans, that we're grafted in. Whether you're an olive tree or you're a wild olive tree, the wild olive tree, by accepting Yeshua, is grafted into the olive tree. Because really, we're grafted into Yeshua. So who are we to look like, Yeshua? See, it's not to where somebody has to look Jewish or somebody has to look like a Gentile. We're to, pay, we're to represent and look like what Yeshua looks like. Amen? And we're to do what our Father is telling us. So there are men who understood the times, and they knew what to do. This is what I think the calling for us is more and more is what's coming down the pike. It's, I think the thing that what we're learning to do, whenever you throw away the Old Testament, you throw away the Torah, see, what's happening to us is this. Things that are happening in our day and in our time, we have to ask this question, where have we seen this before? So we go back to Egypt. We go back to when the children of Israel came out of, the, uh, out of Egypt into the promised land. We see the, the trials. Nancy, we see the plowing that the Israelites went through in their life. And they're saying, I don't like this plowing. I'm remembering how great Egypt was. The leeks, the garlics. I'm wondering, man, it was great back there. Man, we, we were out there. They forgot the beatings. They forgot the, their children who were thrown into the Nile and killed. You see, you start forgetting when the plowing starts. But the plowing is, is because he is working in our life, getting all the weeds and all of the contaminants out of our life. And you know what? He does it every cycle. He does it every cycle because we need to be cleaned up. No matter how great you might think you are, and how awesome you are, and how you're a bag of chips and everything else, guys, we just not obtained that yet. We are a work in progress. Some of us need more plowing than others. Amen? Some of us, yeah, some of us need dirt added to the place. Amen? That's right. So with this, this is what the Father, I think, is speaking to us during these times and seasons. And the reason why I'm so keen on this is because what happened, and I'm going to read some history now, of what has happened to the children of Israel and to people over the period of years, thousands of years, on the same day from the Av 9, Av 10, and in this month, okay? So with that, we need to be very discerning. Because let me just say this. There may be things, and this is why it hit me so hard, there may be some catastrophic things that happens this month. But guess what? We should know that this is the month these things happen. And it shouldn't shake us in our boots because the Father in history has done this over and over and over and over again that it should show, well, you know what? That fits. Where have we seen this before? That fits. This is why this is important is for the children of Elohim who have the Holy Spirit living in their life, who keep the Torah because that's what it talks about. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what's going on around us. We're not moved by bombs. We're not moved by riots we're not moved by these things why because we're grounded in our feet or in this book and we understand that these things have to come so guess what it's like are we surprised let me just share something with you i heard bill cloud as he was ministering probably a tour portion that he done years ago but here was the thing that he talked about look at the land look at all the catastrophic things that happens to israel during that time all right, look what is happening to us in this land that we're living in today. Guys, if you read the paper, if you read anything to do with that, how many shootings and killings has been going on in these last couple of years? All right, I'm talking about it's out of control. And, and, but, and, and so what do you do? You get rid of law. That way they kill more people. 
Because if you can get rid of the law or you defund it, I guess, then it's not illegal to kill people. So now it's not killing people. I don't know what they're thinking. This is crazy. But let me share something with you. How many babies has been aborted over the years since the 60s? That's murder. So guess what? You're sort of going to reap what you sow. And so now, it's not now killing babies, it's killing people. People have no conscience. That's being turned over to a reprobate mind. These are fruit. Look, a bad tree will produce what kind of fruit? How, how often? All the time. So guess what? Now we are now reaping in America what we have been sowing all these generations. How in the world can we kill babies and expect to be blessed by Yahweh in a country? How can you do that? How can we think about just, man, this is just, it's not going to happen. So you better know what's happening and what's going on today, and you have to understand why it's going on, and that's why we're here. We're here to understand that there is a remnant that's here that's against this, that's speaking out against this with all of our heart, soul, mind, spirit, body, clothes, everything we got. But they're not listening. Why are they not listening? They're not listening, number one, because they have exchanged, Romans 1, they have exchanged the truth for a lie. They don't want Yahweh or God or anything in their business whatsoever. So now they're teaching and telling you that you can't be who you are. Now they're wanting to try to now tell you that they can come to your door and go door to door and force you to take gummy bears or whatever, vaccines or whatever they want to do. Where is our rights, you know, as a people? So what's happening is, is this changing, and we better wake up and understand. We've been saying this over and over and over again. But we got to wake up and say, because I'm telling you, I told you, you know, my father-in-law used to preach one day. Guys, the day is here. I'm preaching the day is here. The day is here whenever they can stand up without any kind of repercussions except us trying to tell us that they can come door to door and tell you to take or do whatever they want you to do. This is not the world that we were supposed to be living in. But you know what? It sort of happened. Where have we seen this before? Like maybe Rome. When Rome came in, maybe these others. But why did, why did Rome come in? Why did uh, Nebuchadnezzar come in? Why did, uh, you know, it's the sins of Israel. It's the sins that they were doing. God, you're going to reap what you sow. Because Yahweh has called Israel to be a different people. He didn't call them to be part of the nations. He didn't call them to be and worship their gods. But when they started worshiping their gods, he said, enough's enough. And when enough's enough, then it comes. It's like, then we start crying and we start whining. Because why? We don't want to change. We want him to change. We want him to be okay with our lifestyle. Guys, is homosexuality a sin? Is adultery, amen? But do you know nowadays they don't look at adultery as hard as they do homosexuality? Why? It's because it's it, we're, we're yeah it's on TV every time. I mean we watch shows with people living together, and we and we don't think about that, but we're appalled at the other. But sin is sin. Sexual immorality is sexual immorality. It doesn't matter. Fornication is fornication. It doesn't matter. That's why we talked about food laws. They're going to get on that, but you know, you don't call something food that Yahweh says not food. We don't get in these debates like that. Where in the world am I at? Okay, so here are some in history that we know about. It's believed that during this month, the ten spies Moses sent in to observe Canaan returned from their mission. Okay, so guess what? Out of, out of, out of 12 spies, 10... Gave a what kind of report? An evil, not a bad report, an evil report. Do you know why it's evil? It's not bad. Don't say it's bad. No, it's evil. Because Yahweh told them when he sent those 12 in there and he told all of Israel, he told them what you're going to see. You're going to see a land flowing with milk and honey. You're going to see a land prosperous. You're going to see all of this happening. But you know what? You're going to see fortified cities. You're going to see giants in the land. And you're going to see all of these things in the land. But do you know what? 
I'm giving you everything. You're going to go in, and I'm going before you, and I will be able to wipe all of them out. All you need to do is just simply do what I ask you to do. Just simply do what I ask you to do. Think, be like I ask you to be, the Beatitudes. That's all I'm asking you to do. If you do that, I can take care of the rest. Where have we seen that before? Egypt, the most powerful nation on the earth. And then the ten come out and say, you know what, we can't do this. They didn't say, I'm sorry, they didn't say we can't do this. They said, y'all, we can't do this. That's what they were saying. That's why it's an evil report. Number one, duh, we know you couldn't do it. You couldn't beat yourself out of a wet paper bag. You know what I'm saying? We know Israel. We know your track record of how, how you are and how you would run at, at five giants versus. We understand that. But that wasn't the thing. Yahweh was trying to let you know, guess what? I am your general. I am the one that fights for you, and I will defeat them. I will give them into your hand. Leave it up to me how it's done. You go and you clear out all the inhabitants of the land. And why did he want all the inhabitants of the land gone? There's two reasons. Number one, it says because of their sin in the land, their cup was full. But the main thing was is he had to get their gods out of the land. Because if he didn't get their gods out of the lands, what would happen? They would start worshiping their gods. And guess what happened? That's exactly what they did. This is why, and so I'm telling you today, when we're sitting here in 2021, we need to have a positive report. We need not to have an evil report because we know exactly what this word says and where we're at and who we are in him. We are a precious creation. We belong to him. We don't belong to Satan. And you know what? When Satan comes to you, say, take it up with him. Don't be talking to Satan either because he will trick you. He will deceive you because he will tap into what your desires of the flesh. Because we're not designed to backslide. How many times will that happen? Every time. Because we're not designed, we're designed to do what the Father. We go to the Father. We go to do things in Yeshua's name. He gives us power and authority over the enemy. But we don't need to be playing chess with him. So you see that the ten spies, they happened during this month. They're in this month. Also, the first temple that was built by Solomon was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in this month. Now, there's a couple of scriptures, and you're not going to go there because I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to just tell you 2 Kings 25.8 and also Jeremiah 52.12 talk about really from the 7th of Av through the 10th of Av. But it's believed that the temple was set on fire on the 9th of Av, and it, it finished burning on the 10th of Av. This is what you're going to see in these two scriptures. So you see that during this time, during this month, now, why is it important when we say that the temple was destroyed? Let me ask you the question, whose house was it? That's important. This is Yahweh's house. This temple, the tabernacle, was built by the children of Israel at Yahweh's um, plan and design for one reason, so that I may dwell with my people. His desire was to dwell with us. This is why he built the tabernacle. So later, Solomon builds the temple. Why? So he wants to dwell with his people. This is Yahweh's house. This is not Israel's house. This is Yahweh's house. And Yahweh said, "Within your, if it's my house, I'm going to live in it. This is the way we're going to build it. Because you've got to understand, I ain't living in filth. And I'm not living among sin. And he tolerated, and he did that for a period of time until he said, you know what, Israel? I'm done. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. And what he did, he said, I can't whistle. <laughs> How do you do that? But anyway, somebody can do it. You can give it a shot. Just don't be too loud. There you go. There you go like that. And he called for Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, come on. He said, I'm done. Come over here. These are things you're allowed to do, but certain things you're not allowed to do. And let me tell you his mercy and how awesome Yahweh is. Even when he put them into captivity for 70 years, he raised up Daniel. And three little old boys that he raised up and put them in a place of power so that they could still honor Yahweh in captivity. Just because we say, well, you know what, we ain't got to do it no more because we're scattered. Guess what? That went out the window. That went out the window. He said, no, you're going to honor me wherever you're scattered. You're going to honor me in captivity. You're not going to have this thing to where you didn't have time out. 
When you're in timeout, you can do what you want to do. Go stick your nose in the corner. Father says, it ain't having none of that. You're going to be obedient in the corner just as well as you was in the living room. You don't sit in there and pout. They did it, but that's what I'm saying. But he said no. So now many years later, so we have the first temple destroyed on the ninth of Av, pretty much in the tenth. Then the second temple that was built and rebuilt by Ezra and Nehemiah, it was also destroyed in 70 A.D. or 70 C by the Romans on the exact same time. Same month, same time. Whose house is it? Yahweh's house. This time, this time, Yahweh sends his son. This is Yahweh's house. And he sends his son. Is there sort of like a parable that talks about the landowner? And it talks about the servants that he sends. And they beat one and they scourge one and then they kill one and they do all of these things. Who are these servants? These are the prophets. They've been sending prophets. Yahweh has been sending prophets all of this time. Like maybe Isaiah, maybe Ezekiel, maybe Jeremiah, Daniel. He's sending these prophets to tell Israel, you better straighten up. Because this ain't going on forever. He's fixing to jerk the rug out from under you. And then you're going to wonder, where's my rug? And the thing is, is here again, now you have the temple standing during the time of Rome and the son of Elohim. And what do we do? We sit here on the 10th day of the first month, and we're saying, Hoshana, Hoshana, Hoshana. That's right. You know, praise, and, and we're praying, here's the king, and we're laying palm branches down, and we're doing all of, we're ushering in the king. He's coming in on a donkey. Where have we seen that before? Sort of like the prophets when they said this is what the Messiah would do. And then when he does it, then all of a sudden, four days later, they're hollering, crucify him. Guys, this is who we are. This is who mankind is. In one moment, they can catch on fire, and you think there'll be a revival, and four days later, they'll be saying, crucify them, kill them all. Kill all of them. This is what you're dealing with. This is what makes me the most, I don't want to say nervous, but this is what concerns me the most about mankind, is how in the world can you say Hosanna to our king and holler crucifying because it's the same group of people. It's not like these people left out in, a, in the, uh, and the rioters came in. They bust them in. These are the same groups of people that allowed the leadership of that day, the religious leaders of that day, mind you, to, for all of them, because the guy, Caiaphas, who was high priest, said it's better for a man to die for all of us than all of us die in this nation. And you know what? That was a prophecy because that's what Yeshua did for us. But do you know, because they couldn't understand, they couldn't discern the times and seasons that they were in, they didn't have any Issachars here. They couldn't discern that the Messiah was to come. How awesome during that time when you have our Messiah come up and go through all that he went through and then us treat him like that with no regard. And then the disciples, they're hiding out in the bushes, denying him too. So, where have we seen this before? You better know. You better have your mind made up today who you're going to serve. Because when all hell breaks loose, it ain't the time to make a decision. Because I tell you, you will turn around and you will walk away. And when people, when you're sitting there warming by another man's fire that you ought not be by, number one, and then they turn around, I think you're one of his. I don't know the blankety blank blank man. And that's what he said. I can't say what he said because I don't know some of these cuss words in, in all that language. But I'm just telling you, he wasn't saying nicely, uh, I don't know him. No, because they were accusing him because he was afraid they was fixing to drag him over there and flog him and beat him and crucify him. He was trying to save his own skin is what he was doing. Guys, when this time breaks loose and it comes down, you better know where your skin is. Because if you're going to be saving your hide, you might as well say, there's the door. Because the thing is, that it's not going to get any easier. But he will seal and he will watch over and he will protect that remnant that's his. He promises us that. But we got to draw near to him and quit hanging on the fringes. We can't be out here on the corners trying to have one foot in the world and one foot into what he's doing. Amalek will pick you off every time. 
Satan will do that. You better get right in the middle of the heart of what Yahweh's doing. You get so you get so far into what he's doing, you won't even know what's going on in the world. That's that's the beauty of this. Where am I at? Okay, so you see where that happened in Rome. And then you see that during this time, these this was years later, but still while Rome was in in, in charge, they called this the Gar, the Barcoba revolt. And there was still some a remnant there still fighting against the Romans. Yeshua's gone now because they didn't want to do it that way. So I guess they're going to just say, well, I'm going to do it my way and Yahweh's going to like it. Over 500,000 to approximately 580,000 people died on August the 4th that year in 135 A.D. You can still, still trying to do it your way, still trying to hang on. Where have we seen that before? Like Joshua with Ai? You know, he said, no, don't go in there. Oh, yeah, we're going to go. And they were defeated because there was sin in the camp. You know what? You just killed Yeshua. You better find out what Yahweh's doing now because you missed that opportunity. Your house, if Yahweh's house is destroyed, that's sort of an indicator. But, guys, today we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why Satan's trying to destroy your house. He's trying to destroy us. He's trying to destroy the body of Messiah. And you know what? He's doing a good job. He's doing a good job as, because now he's getting people to change times in law. He's getting people, and this happened back in 135. This happened way back then. But there's a restoration. There's a restoring of what he's doing today. This is why I know the time is getting near. Even though I'm not talking about Acts 1, but I'm telling you I know it's getting near. Why is it getting near? Because he is now going back to whenever Yeshua walked this earth, and now we are finding that the Torah and the Holy Spirit and we're doing exactly what Peter and John and all of them were doing during Acts. So I know that the time is near of what he is doing. So you see that these times. So now I'm going to jump down. Uh, this happened on August the 15th in 1096. Okay, the year 1096 on the 24th of Av was the first crusade had officially commenced killing over 10,000 Jews in just the first month and the Jewish communities in France and the Rhineland. Now, we sort of in history know about the first crusaders. July the 18th, 1290, on the 9th of Av, the Jews were expelled from England. Okay, think about this one. We'll go slow just so you see. They get expelled from England. How many gets expelled from England? Like all of them. Here's a people that's living there, and all of a sudden something happens, and they get expelled from England. July the 22nd, 1306, on the 10th of Av, Jews are expelled from France. It's just really funny that in Av, all of these expellings happened, okay? So I'm trying to tell you something, just where have you seen this before from the Scriptures? During the time in the ninth of Av, in the tenth of Av, when the temples were destroyed. His people, because of sin, is still reaping the same because they won't accept Yeshua. And they're still reaping the same thing all of these thousands, a thousand years later. Still happening. I'm just telling you this because it's going to happen again. This, this ought to ring our bell. The Jews... In July the 31st, on the 7th of Av, in 1492. Does 1492 sort of ring a bell? They were expelled from Spain. Y'all remember a guy named Christopher? Oh, Christopher Columbus? This is why he was bringing some people. I hate to tell you, Christopher Columbus was Jewish. Changed his name to protect the innocent. He was getting out of Dodge. Okay, I don't know if they had Dodge City in Spain, but if they did, he would be getting out of there. But I'm just saying, here's what you have. It, and it's on the 7th of Av when you have this uh, expelling that happened during that time. Where in the world am I at? Okay, Germany. Hello, World War I. On the 9th and 10th of Av, World War I started from Germany on that day. The ninth and tenth of Av, Germany starts a world war. This is the first one. Then on August the seventh, nineteen 
41, just a few years later from 1914 to 1941, do the math. On the 9th of Av, SS Commander Heimlich Himmler, Heimrich Himmler, formally received approval from the Nazi party for the final solution. Guys, I'm just telling you, the Father's trying to speak to us. When he's using the same dates, he's not using dates on a Gregorian calendar. These are ninth and tenth of all. You can't make this up. When these men, and I'm telling you, don't think that these men who are in charge enough to make uh, a final solution, kings, and all of that are doing all of these, they know history. They know what's happened to Yahweh's people all the way down in history. That's why these dates are picked. And, and, but Yahweh's really making them pick these dates for me and you so that we can discern what's going on in our time that we live. So if something really goofy happens in the month of Av, don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Go back and say, where have we seen this before? And so we understand what happened to the Holocaust. Now, now that was in 1941. One year later, July the 23rd, 1942, on the 9th of Av, began the mass deportation of Jews from the Warsaw Ghetto en route to Treblinka. And that's where the first time that they started burning and started killing the Jewish people, by the tens of thousands. And I'm talking tens of thousands. Now, 1994. Some of you probably were born now in 94. 1994, there were 85 people killed, 300 injured. It's called the AMAI, or I'm sorry, the AMIA bombing that happened in a Jewish community. This happened on the 10th of Av. And this happened by the Palestinian jihadists who was a front for Hezbollah. Do we know these people? Absolutely. And who funded these people was Iran, even back during that time. They picked these days. They picked the 10th of Av on purpose. Then it just goes on. Then you go, all right, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to see. Because I could keep reading all that stuff. I just wanted you guys to know. It's important to know where we're at. It's important to know your history. How many times is y'all going to 2 Thessalonians? How many times have I told you? What, what is happening today in Washington? What are they trying to do to history? They're trying to change it, erase it, and say that this never happened and this, that, and the other. Look, guys. I don't care who you are. I don't care what country you're from. Just accept that there are sometimes that there's some bad history that's happened in our lives. It just is. We don't always have great people. The scripture shows us that. This king did good. This king did bad and bad and bad. And this king bad and bad. And then there's a good one. I mean, it's not like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad kings. This is like a good king and about four bad ones. And then here's a good king and about four bad ones. This is sort of tells you something about how man is. But look, the United States of America, nobody said that the United States of America was perfect. It's not perfect. Neither is Israel perfect. And neither is any other nation on the face of this earth perfect. But the deal is, as you start erasing your history, you will repeat it. And we will be so dumbed down to where we won't understand what happened. These people don't, these young people I don't know what, if they're the Z or the, I don't know what, we used to call millennial, I don't know what letter we're up to, I don't know what's going on or what this group is right now. They're progressives to the max, over progressive, I guess. The thing about it is, is they're calling for stuff that they ain't even got a clue what the result is going to be in their life if they get it. Because the moment they get what they're calling for, they ain't going to like it. Because their, their Xboxes and their phones and all that stuff is down. Their internet and their free internet. Now the government's going to give you what they want you to hear. They're going to give you what they want you to see. But how in the world, but I'm just showing this is how scary this mess is. But you know what? It's all through here. It's happened all through here. 
All right, verse 1, it says, Now concerning the coming of our master, Yeshua Messiah, and being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarm. And this is the message that we have for you guys. That we're not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarm, either by a spirit or a spoken word, or a letter seeming to be from us. Because this is what was happening. This is why Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Because things had happened there. There was words that got to them. There were letters written to them saying that this is in the name of Paul. And it was causing a lot of confusion and a lot of mess that was going on. And guys, there's a lot of mess going on today. To the effect that the day of our master has already come. What is he saying? He's saying people's already writing in our name that the resurrection is already taking place. There's people today that believe that. The resurrection's already taking place. Well, guys, I just want to share something with you. If the resurrection is taking place and this is as good as it gets, we're in trouble. I don't know what book I have been reading. I have missed something. Because if this is as good as this gets, I mean, I, I'll take the millennium. Amen? Because in the millennium, it's going to be better than what we're living in now. I'm just saying, how can, how does that happen? How in the world, how in the world, let's forget the Bible. Did I say that? Well, we're only going to do it for that long, okay? And that's it. History, history tells of the birth and the crucifixion. Heathens tell of all of that about Yeshua. They tell of about Shavuot. They tell history. And, and history will tell you, uh, the Babylonians have history. The Medes and the Persians have history. They, they know what happened during these times. They know what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. They know how he ate grass like a wild animal for seven years. Their history will tell you that. Not just the scriptures. Their history will tell you that. Now, the very birth of Yeshua is important. Amen? Because he's lowered in here and he lived a life. And he lived it perfectly, and he paid for our sins. So his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension is most important. And you know what? History records that. History records the falling of the Holy Spirit. History does not record the second coming of Yeshua. I can't find it. I looked it up. I can't find where history because they'll sit there and say, well, the scripture was written here in 65, and he came in 70. So it wouldn't be recorded there. I can tell you somebody, because we got a lot of writings from 70 to 100 to 135. I just read you what happened in 135 to the Jewish people. Don't think that, that you, the birth of Yeshua. Now, you got Yeshua returning with his angels, kicking behind. And there's no recording of that, even from the, and people believe it. What are we smoking or what are we drinking? But here's what happens. This was going on, guys. It might look. Why am I saying that's such a surprise that it goes on today? Because it was going on in this day. It was going on, and guess what? Whenever Paul's dealing with it in the churches, 70 day A.D. ain't happened yet. So somehow or another, Yeshua somewhere or another came down, touched down with his feet on two mountains, caused all these earthquakes and all the burning and all that, and he took off with everybody, and nobody records it. Give me a break. You know what I'm saying? We got to be better than this. We got to know that the Father, we need to be Issachar people. Amen. We got to be better than this. Heavenly days. Verse 3. Let no one deceive you in any way. That's what we're talking about, guys. Let no one deceive you in any ways. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And he's talking about a major rebellion. Helplessness is revealed, and the son of destruction. He hadn't been cast down yet. Now, could he be here? He may be here lurking around in the bushes. 
But I'm just saying, this is what he was saying, and this sort of happened way back before 70 A.D. And he's telling them what's going to happen. Who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God, all the gods. He ain't just worried about Yahweh. He's going to beat up all these gods because he wants to be the only God. Our object of worship. So he takes the seat in the temple of Elohim, whether they rough to be Elohim. They're going to rebuild that temple. Whether they rebuild the temple or they rebuild that altar. Because once they rebuild that altar, it's sanctified. It's set apart. Whether they got a block or not. It says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? What did he tell them? These things hadn't happened yet. That's what he was telling them. Verse 6. And you know what is restraining him now? Think about this. Listen now. And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time? Yahweh's restraining him. The Holy Spirit is restraining him. The son of perdition is not here. Yahweh is restraining him. That's why when we read in Acts 1, it says Yahweh, by his authority, is holding the times and seasons in his hand. He's restraining. This is going to happen. But this hadn't happened yet. If this happened yet, man, we are just a sad state of affairs. Our Yahweh is more powerful and, and glorious than this, of the promise and the beauty of everything that we're supposed to have. But we see that, and this is what Paul is saying, and do you know what is restraining him now? Yahweh's restraining him. He's holding back. Halissa touched on it. Holding back these four angels, these four winds. Every now and then, letting the wind break through just to let us know what's fixing to happen if we don't get our act together. Then he says this in verse 7, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Guess what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers. That's already here. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. His de demonic forces, but not the son of perdition, but his demonic forces is already at work. The evil's already there. You don't believe it, turn the TV on. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. One of these days he's going to say, you know what? It's time. And when it's time, we better be a people that Revelation 12, we better be a people that's together and we're discerning the signs of the times because Yahweh is going to take those people, is what he says in his word in Revelation 12, 17, those who... Because he's going after the woman and their offspring. Hello, who is the offspring? Those who keep Torah and have the testimony of Yeshua. He put the word and in there. It's both. This is the restoring and the reconciliation of all things is what he has been doing. Now, once this gets and he gets the last person in this reconciled position, then what he's going to do is, is he's going to cast Satan down to this earth. And when he casts Satan down this earth and Satan's going to be looking for the man-child, he ain't getting a man-child. Man-child's already protected. So then he's going after the woman. Who is woman? Israel. But then there's an offspring out of the woman. And that is you and me. And that is the people who are keeping the commandments and have the testimony of Yeshua. Not one or the other, guys. It's both. I ain't adding or taking away from this word. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. This is his word. I don't have the authority to change it. I don't have the authority to turn around and say he's accepting something that he's not accepting. That's not what this is about. I represent him and I represent this book. I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm absolutely not perfect. But the thing about it is, is I know when I'm not perfect. I ain't deceived in not being perfect. And I have to repent for it if I get out of whack. But the thing about it is, there's, there's no time for, for sugarcoating this stuff no more. There's no time for sugarcoating this stuff no more. We horse around and we playing. And the thing about it is, is most people, the reason why they accept Yeshua as their Savior, because they want fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell. That's the problem. They don't want to live righteous. They don't want to do what his book says. They just don't want to go to hell. Like, in that day, he's going to change you, and I'm going to be made into his image. Like, like he's going to dip an apple in caramel, and then you got a candied apple. He ain't dipping us then. We've already been dipped. We need to come up a new creation, and we need to walk as a new creation. The reason why Israel, and I'm telling you this, why all of a sudden, all of these years, you see all of this calamity coming to his people. 
because they won't change. They have a good heart to change, but they won't do what he asked them to do. They keep fighting the same old battles. They keep fighting the same old craziness that's in their lives. They can't get free. He's given us all the provisions to get free. It's on us to do it. He's given us, and that's why community is important, to help fight when we get down. Guys, you think it's rough now, you wait till Satan's cast to the earth. It ain't time. I'm, I'm telling you. Where am I at? Verse 11. Hold on. Verse 10. Let's try that one. You tried to jump me once. I thought it was in verse 8. That's good. Keep speed reading on me. All right, let's go to verse 8. It says, Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom who our master Yeshua will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. This is a great hope we got. Hang on to that. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of who? Satan. So guess what? He just pulled the curtain back. There's no one, two, or three. With all power and false signs and wonders. Understand this, false signs and wonders. The problem is, is people are believing these false signs and wonders to be true. This is the difference. Now verse 10, it says, And with all wickedness, or all wicked to do something. They refuse to receive, or they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. This is our problem. We read this not long ago in Romans 1.25. It says they exchanged the truth for a lie. This is the same wording. This is the same thing. Because they refuse to love the truth. Guys, you got to love this from Genesis to Revelation. You can't love this just from Matthew to Revelation. And you just can't love this from Genesis to Malachi. you got to love the whole word that he gives us. Because this is the truth. And out of this truth is where salvation comes. Then look what it says. Therefore, Satan sends to them a strong delusion. Is that what it says? Uh Uh-uh. But that's what the church says. I want you to look at that. That's what the church preached. It says, and Satan brings a strong delusion. It says in mine, it says, I don't know, if yours says that, you stand up and shout. You tell me if not, but mine says, how many it says, therefore, Yahweh or therefore God sent them a strong delusion? How many of your scriptures say God? Like probably everybody's? If it says something different, I'm here. You just let me know and I'll stand corrected. Okay, there's no hands going up, so evidently. Why do we give Satan credit for things he doesn't do? Because we can't think that Yahweh can punish his people or spank his people. There's no, that's right. We got to understand that our Heavenly Father loves us. It says He chastens those that He loves. In other words, He spanks the hindies of those He loves. He does. He tests us. He can bring these things in our life to see if we're going to follow His ways or not. This is what Yahweh does. Where have we seen that before? Back in the garden. I mean, back all the way through. He did, he did not like Cain. He didn't say He hated Cain. He despised His offering. But he didn't hate Cain. And he told Cain he loved Cain. And he says, you know what? Sin is crouching at the door, son. You need to master it. I'm telling you that in your heart, you got a problem. In your heart, you got a problem with me. In your heart, you think that because you got a problem with your brother Abel, you ain't got a problem with your brother Abel. Your problem is with me, and you need to deal with it. This is what's happening today. People don't want to do this word. But guess what? They don't have a problem with me. They didn't have a problem with Moses. They have a problem with Yahweh. But they don't want to call Yahweh out, so they call out a person. You know what I'm saying? He's going to say, I've got a problem with you. No, i got a problem with you. See? And what did he say? Love the Father and love your neighbor. If i got a problem with my neighbor, it might be because i got a problem with him. We need, to, we need to look at that. Because it says here, Yahweh sends them a strong delusion. So that they may believe what is false. That ain't good. Could you imagine if Yahweh sends us a strong delusion? Guys, you don't know what's right. You don't know up and down. We got spiritual vertigo. That's what this is. This is spiritual vertigo. In order that they may condemn 
who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Guys, all this is is pure judgment. Judgment's coming on those who do not hold to the truth. That's all this is. But he gives hope to us. In verse 13, and I'll finish on this one, and then we'll get ready for praise and worship. It says, but we ought to, well, we're going to get ready to take up our first fruits and all that, to do that, and then we'll do praise and worship. But we ought always to give thanks to Elohim for you, brothers beloved by our master, because Elohim chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by his spirit. I want you to listen. Are we're to be saved through sanctification by what? I just want y'all to tell me what it is. His spirit in what? In the truth. What is the truth? His Torah. I mean, it's sort of plain in the New Testament that the Torah is not done away with. That we're sanctified by his spirit in the belief in his truth. Guys, in this portion today, I just wanted to let you know that these times and seasons and months and days are very, very important. I'm not talking about when he's going to return, but what I'm talking about is, is when something goofy happens in this month, know why it's happening. Know that the Father is bringing judgment. And the thing about it is, is for those who keep his Torah and have his spirit, we don't have to be touched by that judgment. If we are, we are, but it, we don't have to be. We need to know what's happening and who, who we serve. So my thing is, is today, that I just really was just utterly amazed when I was studying this, how many things happened, not just in Torah, but in history, on the 9th and the 10th of all. Amen. And thank you guys for your attention.